President Miner, the recording is now on. It is 1.14 p.m. Thank you. Happy New Year. I'm using my gavel to call to order the special meeting of the San Francisco Civil Service Commission on Tuesday, January 30th, 2024 at approximately 1.15. Our commission staff will read uh, a statement with more information about uh, our meeting today. Thereafter, staff will tell us how we're handling public comment. Good afternoon and welcome to the Civil Service Commission meeting this Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person at City Hall, room 400 and available to view on WebEx. If you have an item scheduled on the agenda, the public may listen to the meeting calling 415 and access code 26631344356. We welcome the public participation for public com comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comments, <coughs> excuse me, on items not on the agenda at the beginning of the meeting. There will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call-in. For each item, the commission will take public comment both from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Commission staff will provide further instructions on how to provide public comment via phone or video. If needed, if need assistance accessing the meeting virtually or by phone, please call 628-652-1100 or send an email to elizabeth.aldana at sfgov.org. Please note that city policy along with federal, state, and local law prohibited discriminatory or harassing conduct against city employees or or others doing public meetings and will not be tolerated. Moreover, public comments is permitted only on matters within the jurisdiction of this meeting body. Commission staff will now provide further instructions on making public comments remotely. As stated on our agenda and our website, this meeting is being held in person and remotely. For members of the public attending remotely who wish to make public comment, the phone number is 415-655-0001. The meeting access code is 2663-134-4356. Please make sure that you're in a quiet location and that you turn off any television or radio to reduce background noise so the commission can hear you. At the appropriate time, the president will ask the phone lines to be open for any public comment. If you wish to comment on the particular item, you will be prompted to press star three. This will add you to the speaker queue. The auto prompt will say that callers are entering question and answer time. You will be queued up in the order in which you press star three. There will be an automated voice that will tell you when it, it is your turn to speak. You will have three minutes. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear the meeting facilitator ask you to state and spell your name for the record and make your comments. Commission staff will begin your three minutes when you start speaking. 
When your time is up, you will be asked to finish your comments and the meeting facilitator will place you back on mute. Thank you. Executive officer, we're, we're ready for the first agenda item. Item number one, call to order and roll call. President Minor. Here. Vice President Favetti. Here. Commissioner Crowley. Present. Commissioner Leung. Here. And Commissioner Savison is on her way. We have a quorum. Thank you. We're ready for the next agenda item. Item two, request to speak on any matter within the jurisdiction of the Civil Service Commission, but not appearing on today's agenda. Members of the public and attendees, this is your opportunity to address the commission on any matter within our jurisdiction that is not appearing on today's agenda. If it is appearing on today's agenda, please await that item being called before you make your public comment. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, please press star three now. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay, no public comment in the room and we will move to the next agenda item. Item three, approval of minutes. We have two sets of minutes to approve. I will read both items. Uh, 3A, regular meeting of December 18, 2023. Recommendation, adopt the minutes. 3B, amend the minutes of regular meeting of December 4th, 2023. Recommendation, revise stated action taken on December 18, 2023 on the minutes of December 4th, 2023 on item number five, File number 0239-23-1, report on the status of de-identification for classification-based testing recruitment and action from adopted the report to accept the report and consider possible modifications to the rules on de-identification at a future meeting. I would like to move uh, to approve both the minutes of uh, the regular meeting of December 18th 2023 and to uh, approve the amended minutes of the regular meeting of December 4th, 2023 and thank the staff for making sure that got on. Um, second. Um, commissioners, thank you for the motion and the second. Uh, we will now take uh, public comment on the pending motion to approve the minutes of the commission's meeting of December 18, 2023, and the edits to the minutes of our meeting of December 4, 2023. If you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're in the room, if you're on the telephone, press star three now. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Thank you. Uh, commissioners, the roll call vote. We have uh, a quorum. We have three commissioners present. Uh, Commissioner Leon had to leave. Uh, Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved our minutes of our meeting of December 18, 2023, and the amendment to the minutes of our meeting of December 4, 2023. We are ready for the next agenda item. Item four, announcements, announcements of changes to the agenda. Commissioners, item 13, follow-up report on registered nurse hiring from the Department of Public Health. 
the Department of Public Health has requested postponement to the meeting of March 4, 2024. Item 14, appeal by Chris Dugan of the denial to accept his late application for the H-30 captain examination has been postponed at the request of the appellant to the meeting of March 4th. There are no other changes. Okay, uh, thank you. We are ready for the next agenda item. Item number five, human resources director's report. Uh, Director Eisen. Good afternoon, President, members of the commission. Um, Happy New Year. I think this is our first meeting of 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, we did a, a lot of work last year on looking at, um, our hiring process workflow, uh, considered rule changes that might, uh, uh help us improve our hiring process. And we're going to continue that work into this year. You're going to be seeing, um, s- some proposals later in the meeting. Um, but I did want to let you know that, um, use this time to just let you know that I reported on our progress at the January meeting of the department heads of the mayor's meeting and reported a number of things, but I wanted to highlight for you three, four key metrics um, that we have looked at and summarize our progress over the course of last year. Um, Our application, starting with our application volume, uh, that volume has increased by 46% year over year. So we're getting a lot more interest in city work. Um, the, there's probably a number of reasons for this, um, but we are getting a lot more interested applicants. We have hired uh, 26% more people year over year, and we are closing in on our historic um, employment um, totals after a pretty significant dip in the depths of the pandemic. We've had a 28% decrease in our vacancy rate and our time to fill has decreased by 23% um, this since October. So all the indicators are going in the right direction. I think we have a lot more work to do this year, but I wanted to let uh, the commission know that um, the work that we have been doing, we're starting to see some uh, results from that. And I think, I hope that it's incentive for all of us to keep going. Um, we're also looking closely at the vacancies. It's a big concern for everybody. Um, we've had a lot of reporting on it. Um, and I just wanted to let you know how, from DHR's perspective, how we're thinking about this and what we have reported to the department heads. So when you look at our core operating positions of the city, so-called on-budget positions, at this point, we're at uh, about 92% plus filled. So we have increased that key, really the the key and essential category in the city in terms of our um, permanent filled positions. We have approximately just short of 30,000 filled permanent positions in that category of on-budget positions. The off-budget positions, that varies quite a bit um, because the stability of those positions varies depending on the funding source. And there, um, 
obviously the vacancies are higher, and this is a category we're going to be targeting for this year. So we're, we're seeing overall recovery. We're going to keep going, and we're looking forward to the year ahead to work with the commission on this, I think, important agenda. So thank you for all your support and uh, looking forward to a, a promising year in 2024. That's my report. Thank you, Director Eisen. Um, I certainly am excited to hear the numbers all moving in the right direction and with the commitment on the part of this commission to continue to look at rules and processes and procedures to make certain that we continue trending that direction. Uh, commissioners, questions and comments for Director Eisen. Vice President Favetti. Just, I, I know you've re reported on this not in uh, not too distant uh, past, but um, the uh, applicant pool for uh, law enforcement is that going up to the applicant pool? The you may have seen in the paper recently. We have our largest academy class that we've had in a few years, so that's ongoing. Uh, we're trying to make similar improvements in our workflow. Uh, both on the police department side and within DHR to make sure that the time lag between interest and uh, sitting for the exam and being reachable is shortened. Um, I would say that we still, as a city, are struggling with the same thing that other public agencies are struggling with, where where we have labor market problems and law enforcement is certainly probably the top of the list where there are significant labor market issues. But I do think the interest is recovering uh, somewhat in law enforcement and we're pretty hopeful. Um, and I can give a more thorough report about that in a future director's report. Right, There's, I believe that you, you know, you, you report on it regularly and so it's very, um, it's much appreciated. So, and, and, and the efforts are much appreciated in the, um, the improvements I think it's right. gonna, Thank it's you. good news. Good start to 2024. Yes. It certainly is. Additional comments, uh, commissioners. Okay, we will uh, take public comment on director Eisen's report. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star 3 now. Welcome commission commissioner Salveson. Okay. Okay. No public comment in the room, uh, Elizabeth. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay, thank you. We are ready to move to the next agenda item, which is our executive director's report. Item six, executive officer's report. Commissioners, um, uh, we just like to say that for January through June, we already have training scheduled with departments. They are very interested and they would like us to expand our training to more than just the HR analysts to include uh, uh, hiring managers, which was really our ultimate goal. So uh, we are working with departments on that and scheduling. Not only do they, they want everything, overview of the merit system, uh, to understand better how the rules are applied, especially in the post-referral process. Um, and because racial equity action plan progress reports are going to be due, they also want to find out if we can also meet with their racial equity leaders to explain how 
we can increase uh, the diversity in the applicant pool. So we'll be working with departments. We are also working with the Office of Racial Equity who would like a special training just for the racial equity leaders that they meet with on a regular basis. So we will be doing that. And we have also partnered up with not only the San Francisco Unified School District, but also the Community College uh, District. And they're very excited just to share that what programs that they offer, the types of certificates, and the idea that if the Civil Service Commission were willing to visit their departments, they would love to have a speak on the merit system and helping uh, people understand what does permanent civil service employment mean. So they're very eager to have us over, but that's what we have on the schedule so far. Very good, thank you. And would you remind me of the budget timeline? Yes, um, you, at the very next meeting, um, we will have the budget presented to the commission with the details. We, um, our deputy director is still working on what areas that we can make reductions, as you're aware, that um, they are taking to consideration the reductions that we already made this year because departments were also asked of that, but we are still uh, requested to make further actions. So uh, that is what our deputy director is working on right now. Um, the only area that we can see making reductions really is in professional services because the amount that they are asking that is like a full time person. And we know that we're not able to do that. We also mentioned to them that we have uh, presented in previous years about moving to a smaller uh, location, but because right now we are already housed in a city owned building. They did share with us that they are looking at departments that are not within sitting open buildings first and moving those departments before considering ours. Okay. Thank you for the update. And uh, so the budget will be the February 5th meeting. Correct. Thank you. Okay. All right, uh, commissioners, any questions or comments on our executive officers report? It looks like we're ready to move to the next agenda item. We are now on the ratification agenda. All matters on the ratification agenda are considered by the Civil Service Commission to be non-contested and will be acted upon by a single vote of the commission. There will be no separate discussion on these items unless a request is made, in which event the matter shall be removed from the ratification agenda and considered as a separate item. Item seven, review of requests for approval of proposed personal services contracts Recommendation of the Human Resources Director, adopt the report, approve the request for proposed personal services contracts, notify the Office of the Controller and the Office of Contract Administration. Okay, uh, commissioners, uh, please indicate if there are any contracts that you'd like to have pulled from the ratification agenda. We have a lot of contracts today, and so it would help me if you would tell me the contract number and the department name. Vice President Favetti. Uh, I don't wish to actually pull any particular contract, but I do have um, a comment and wondering if we can actually amend the agenda. I don't know if they could do that on today's agenda, but um, and it's in view of our new uh, personal services contract procedure that is has been um, 
put in place and is now effective. Um, so in noting that uh, one of the uh, threshold uh, for coming to the commission is $200,000. And in that vein, um, contract number 417252324 Human Rights Commission is, uh, if I recall correctly, 150,000. So it doesn't need to come to the commission. I would imagine we could approve it for this time, but just as a reminder, it, that it's because it's under 200,000, it does not need to come to the commission for a full hearing or if the ratification agenda. And then um, we had uh, looked at possibly streamlining because the commission often will request, um, and especially for the uh, contracts with longer duration, that we have a four-year report after a certain period of time. And I think that we were really focused um, on, in our in the past, on either uh, a contract that had specific kinds of questions or the duration was close to 10 years. So to that end, we have a number of contracts that have an automatic four-year report. I think we need to perhaps tweak, tweak the policy a bit. Um, but um, so there's a number of contracts here that are only a five-year duration. I don't believe that there's a real need for a four-year report on the fourth year of a five-year contract. So I was going to say that would be uh, to remove that uh, if, if other commissioners uh, also agree. Um, that would be 3862923324 Public Utilities Commission, 49686 Public Utilities Commission, uh, 498, and this would be on the modification agenda, uh, 49806-2021 Public Utilities, and 46699-2324 Technology. From what I'm gathering from the presentation or the, the submission, these are only for five years, and so I don't think it would be uh, a need for a report on the fourth year of the five-year extension. If that continues to be a longer extension, that would be a different thing. But that's just, and I don't necessarily need to hear from the department. We'll see from the other commissioners whether or not, and it's just a proposal. Okay. Okay. So let's. Um... Let's see what other contracts are to be um, pulled for individual discussion from the ratification agenda and then come back and see the best way to handle uh, those five contracts that Vice President Favetti called out. Uh, Commissioner Salveson. I have no additional. I had the same um, issue as Commissioner Favetti that there were a number of five-year contracts on here, which were flagged for a four-year report, and I don't think that's necessary. And I believe that Commissioner Favetti um, identified all the same contracts that I did. Okay, thank you. And uh, Commissioner Crawley, I, any additional contracts? I pay? do, Madam Chair. I okay. have a question on one, or excuse me, four seven four four zero twenty three twenty four controller. Uh huh. Um, and that's it. Okay. And an agreement with um, my colleagues on old contracts, five years now. We don't check in on four year contracts. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so we have. 
we have one contract that will be pulled for additional discussion. It's uh, the controller's office 47440-2324. And we have five contracts where the consensus on the part of the commission is that no, no report is required in four years. Um, I'd like to suggest that we, I don't know how, how, how we should best proceed, but I don't think they need to be pulled and voted on individually in order to remove that four year report in requirement. We could put that um, in the action specifically where since because it is in our policy mm -hmm. that in this particular action the commission uh action was the department is not uh it is not necessary for the department to report back in five years okay okay very good to clear very good and 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 i think what we will do um when we get to uh commissioner announcements is uh, calendar an amendment of the new policy so that we can clarify that. Okay. All right. So we have, we're ready for a motion and a second to approve the ratification agenda minus 47440-2324 controller. Okay, so I would move uh, to approve uh, the ratification agenda, except for 47440-2324. And to remove, um, just to clarify, the Human Rights Commission, actually we would automatically approve it, but they really didn't need to come to the Civil Service Commission. So it would be for the remaining contracts to remove the report requirement in number uh, year number four for 38629-2324. 49686, uh, excuse me, that would be the Public Utilities Commission, 49686-2324, Public Utilities Commission, 49806-2021, Public Utilities Commission, and 46699-2324, Technology. And that would be to remove the requirement for a, uh, a report in the fourth year. Second. So we have a motion and a second to approve the ratification agenda minus the uh, controller's PSC that will be pulled for further discussion and the five contracts that are indicated um, on the agenda for report in in year four. There is no requirement of a report in in year four. Um, if you have public comment on the pending motion, if you're in the room, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three. Commissioner Minor, if I could just make a comment before we start public comment. Yes, please. That I was just informed that the Office of Contract Administration had stated that DHR does not have the ability to approve uh, over a hundred right now. That was why the department still came forward with the uh, 150,000. We just wanted to clarify with the commission that uh, it was not possible for DHR to approve this yet. There were some things that were being delayed. Oh, well, I, I think maybe some of the confusion on the part of some of the commissioners is that it appeared to us that the new policy had been posted mm -hmm. and sent to all city staff. 
And so maybe there should be some clarification at a future meeting for us of which which provisions have been delayed. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And I assume DHR is aware that it cannot approve contracts up to 200 yet. DHR is aware, and we also oh. have a representative from DHR who oversees the, all the PSCs that are submitted. If you have any questions. Okay. Yeah, it would be helpful to hear. I, I mean, I think we thought the policy had been implemented, um, of course, with 1 exception related to SEIU. Um, what? What is the delay and when do you expect the new policy to be implemented, at least with respect to PSCs over uh, over 150,000? Suzanne Troy, Citywide PSC Coordinator. Uh, the new policy, there are some processes in the new policy that we cannot, um, that is based on the ServiceNow that we're moving the PSC database to. Once it's in the ServiceNow database, then it will be in effect. The, the amount of 200K that DHR cannot approve now, however, it will be programmed into the ServiceNow application. And when do you expect to fully implement ServiceNow? It is scheduled for uh, July of 2024. Oh, okay. <laughs> and OCA and we can give you, um, we could have a report to you guys. Okay. Are you aware of any other changes in the new policy that um, have delayed implementation because of the need to implement ServiceNow? So we are keeping the review policy uh, the same until um, with regarding duration and amount until ServiceNow is up and running. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. President Minor, Commissioners, if I can just add yeah. really quickly, um, I know our Deputy Director from the Office of Contract Administration had raised her hand to speak, but I do want to inform the Commissioners that um, uh, a memo was sent out to all the departments that although the policy was adopted by the Commission, because the PSC database is still being developed, that there were some things that were going to take until July to start. I actually did forward the memo to the commissioners that this is what is happening so far, but uh, you may not have had a chance to review because it does show that although the policy was adopted by the commission, because the PSC database could not begin develop until after the policy was adopted, mm -hmm. that process is what's going on right now, and that's why there is a delay. Okay. And also, I believe we have Taryn A., our deputy director from Office of Contract Administration to speak. Uh, thank you, Sandra. Yeah, um, you covered um, pretty much what I was going to say, but I thought we could just add a little bit more context. The policy um, did make certain changes. We were informed by the city attorney for the Civil Service Commission that although the policy authorizes DHR to approve um, at 200,000 and also um, approve modifications based on time up to three years, um, because of this change, it requires a system change. And logistically, it would be very, very difficult for DHR to implement this part of the policy without some of the automation that this, the new service, the new service now application will give them. They just, it, it, 
primarily has to do with the fact that the union notifications are still tied to 100,000, whereas their approval, DHR approval is tied to 200,000. And we're happy to share with you the seven plus workflows that come out of that scenario. It's very complicated. Um, so that's part of the reason. The other, um, so that those two items, the 100,000 notification under three years are delayed. However, the exempt categories um, are going into effect um, just the 31st. The system has been updated for those. The existing contract system has been updated for those. Um, okay, thank, thank you. I appreciate the, the clarification and um, I did go back and look at the email that was forwarded and uh, there certainly is an indication of delayed implementation of some of the provisions in the email that went to the staff. Um, it did not necessarily specify July, so I know we are all looking forward to um, implementation of service now and Vice President Favetti and then Commissioner Crawley. Uh, you know, I think that the commission's action may have to be revised because in fact, the commission's action is effective the date it took its action, unless it has other provisions within that policy that, uh, that allow for this. It seems to me that um, OCA may have wanted to consider a workaround because this is supposed to be something that is supposed to um, streamline the process. And in fact, it appears to me that the bureaucracy is getting into the way. So um, I, I, I find it very disturbing and distressing to be perfectly honest. And I think we need to bring the, the whole policy back and change the action if it's not going to, because there's got to be also a limit. So if service now is not ready in July, then is it going to be delayed again until December? And then is it then into 2025? I mean, I think that that's, that there's got to be, and in fact, in the past, I hate to say this, I know this, I now sound like a dinosaur, but the commission said when it set the $100,000, it was $100,000 right then and there. And when it was $50,000, it was the day the commission made that action. It seems to me that we have gone backwards rather than forwards. I just, um, you know, just to need to, to um, express my displeasure about this. And I apologize if this is upsetting others, but I just think that this is, this is something that's a little bit on the verge. Of, it's, it's, the, it's the tail wagging the dog, not the other way around. And it seems to me that we should figure out a workaround as far as, or change the effective date of this contract. But how, if we, how are we going to do that if we never know when service now is going to be implemented? And that's what I have to say. And I either bring it back to the commission and change every change it, or figure out a workaround to be able to to implement the policy. Because as far as it has been concerned, historically speaking, when the commission takes this action, it becomes effective. Mm -hmm. um, before we call on Commissioner uh, Crawley, um, does OCA or DHR want to? Uh, address Vice President Fumetti's comments. I'm I'm happy to do it. Okay. Uh, Carol Eisen, turn on my camera here. Sorry about that. Uh, Commissioner Favetti, thank you for your comments. Um, and I understand that you're upset about this. I can see that. Um, just to create, give you some context. Um, the old personal services contract database that um, the platform that we were operating on had been in place for many years 
and the Department of Technology got to the point where they were just unable to be able to support the te the underlying technology. We had to migrate the whole process in into a new database. We made the decision to use ServiceNow. We're using that for both grievance management and EEO management, as well as a number of other applications around the city. We are uh, we have a number of system changes that need to be made in all of those areas and including this one i can look into whether or not there is a workaround that we can do to move this up and i'm happy to report to you um either at the next meeting i won't be present at your next meeting or at or at the following and then at that point if you're not satisfied with it and you feel the need that you have to pull this back until we're we're ready we can do that. I just want to take a little issue with the notion of the bureaucracy in the way is in the way it's not. It's just simply a matter of a systems change that needs to happen. And it's a complex change and the, and it's part of multiple systems issues that we're having on multiple fronts to be able to provide updated uh, and modern technology into our workflow uh, that affects this commission. Uh Thank you, Director Eisen. Um, before I go to Commissioner Crawley, uh, Vice President Favetti, any follow-up questions? No question, just that we need to have a workaround. And I think it's, you know, I, and I do take, this is a part of the, the technology is part of the bureaucracy. And so um, it, I, I had expected that this was going to be happening right away. Um, so. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Crawley. Uh, Madam Chair, this was not my question, but I actually concur with Madam uh, or my Vice President on this fact. Okay. Uh, once it once it's done, it's done. Mm -hmm. uh, can't go back, but we'll find a workaround. I suspect that uh, the DHR Chair has said she would do that, and I suspect that Vice President Favetti will be happy if we don't see the appropriate changes made in the next several meetings. Um, unfortunately for me, I forgot, and we haven't voted on the packet as of yet. Right, uh, but. I did have an item that I skipped over, and I want to pull item 46100-2223. Um, what department is that? Uh, that is, oh, I'm sorry, Homeless and Supportive Housing. Okay. Um, it's a modification, mm -hmm. um, and it runs through 63025. Just, mm -hmm. just some questions, that's mm -hmm. all. And I apologize for that, Madam Chair, but uh, I did. Okay. I passed over the actual flagging of my material. Okay. We'll restate the um, yes motion. Uh, okay. I would question a poll four six one zero zero dash twenty two twenty three homelessness and supportive housing and pull before we go to the entire packet. Okay. And um, why don't we why don't we take a second? Oh, oh, you need a second on that. Second. And uh, Commissioner Salveson. Um, my comment goes to the idea of the workaround because we just get, you know, a, a document that has, there's, there's two contracts under 200,000 in here. Um, so I'm not sure why, I mean, maybe someone could explain why the document we get can't just go to DHR and have that person, somebody there look at the, the documents all five of us are looking at. So. Thank you. We'll take a look at it. We'll give you a report back. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Thank you. Okay. Um, I know we have uh, Ms. Daniels waiting for public comment. Let me um, restate the motion and then we will have uh, public comment. So it's our ratification agenda. We have now pulled two items from the right ratification agenda for 74402324 controller and uh, homelessness and supportive services contract for 61002223 those two contracts are pulled for full discussion and as previously indicated in the prior motion, we have pulled, we are not requiring the four year report back um, for the five contracts that terminate in 2029. Okay, we are now ready for public comment. If you're in the room, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now. Good afternoon, Commission. Uh, Naj Daniels, field representative with SEIU 1021. We're requesting that personal service contract number 4913714-15 by the Department of Public Health be pulled from this agenda. We have been trying to meet and confer with the department. We got to a place where there are still some questions on the table. The department hasn't been uh, reluctant to answer and has moved forward with trying to go receive approval and we believe that we still have discussions especially around work that we believe is being impacted by the RNs that we represent. Okay. Ms. Daniels, would you give me that contract number again please? Yes, contract number Okay, um, any additional public comment? President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay, uh, commissioners, we have uh, a request from SAIU to pull 49137-1415 for uh, individual discussion. Um, I think a consensus, agree? Okay, so we have now, uh, we are, we will vote on the ratification agenda minus three pulled contracts, 47440, 46100, and 49137. Uh, Vice President Favetti? Aye. Commissioner Crawley? Aye. Commissioner Snavison? Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved the ratification agenda minus three pulled contracts. We will first take up 47440-2324, Commissioner Crawley, who is with us from the controller's office. Good afternoon, commissioners. I am Mark De La Rosa, Director of Audits for the Controller's Office. I am joined by Natasha Michal, 
also a director within uh, CSA. Thank you for being here. Commissioner Crawley. Uh, just a simple question and thank you for being with us today that this is means in no way means that there's a displacement of futures for IFPT 21 or MEA in terms of employment for civil service employment. Commissioners, thank you for the uh, question. That is correct. Um, there will be no um, uh, impact on that. Uh, this is to um, uh, project out our future uh, work plan uh, that we are anticipating to continue to increase. As you know, there has been a huge body of work that we've been endeavoring on the public integrity realm, uh, given all the investigations. Uh, so we have been uh, contracting uh, a portion of our public integrity work. Uh, we also have an increasing uh, body of work in the uh, information technology cybersecurity realm. As departments um, are relying uh, more and more uh, with various data systems, uh, having requests uh, to make sure that we do these um, uh, cybersecurity assessments uh, to make sure that internal controls are in place. Okay, thank you and thank you for being here, Madam Chair. I want to give kudos to this department. I want to see more audits done more often, more frequently, uh, as we see a hole in the system. And I would hope that we have that going into the future, making sure things is clean and the city is clean in the future. So with that, I'll move this item. Second. We have a motion and a second to approve PSC 47440-2324, Controller's Office. If you have public comment on this motion, please come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three. If you're in the room, come to the podium. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Hey, no public comment in the room. Uh, the roll call vote to approve 47440. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Savison. Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved 47440. The next pulled contract, uh, Commissioner Crawley, is 46100-2223, uh, the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. Who is here from the department? Hi, commissioners. This is Monique Colon, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, Colon, C-O-L-O-N. I'm the contracts manager at the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. We also have our um, human resources team here and some folks from our programs team to answer any questions you may have. Great, thank you. Commissioner Crawley. It's a very simple question. I hope it could be answered rather quickly. It's just how many people do we propose our help and how many places are in bid for uh, future services with the department? Uh, thanks for your question, Commissioner. We have um, the modification that's put forth today is set to um, acquire two additional properties. Um, those. Uh, Acquisitions are going through right now. If you give me a moment, I can give you the number of units that are tied to each of those um, properties. Um, let's see. One of the properties has 24 units and the other has 42 for a total of 64. 66. And those are individual units or family units or I don't recall reading this one. I believe they're individual units for um, transitional age youth. Okay. And uh, do we have a, the number of personnel or folks that have been uh, helped through this system? 
Um, the total number of units that we've acquired um, under this contract, I can also tell you if you give me one moment. Um, let me just get my quick. Um, over 600 total. Yeah. All right. Thank you. No further questions. Madam Chair, I move. Oh, okay. Commissioner Crawley, before you move on sure. uh, the motion, um, I do have a question. The duration of this contract, does that represent the closing date for the property or does it represent the date by which, which we can expect um, people to be able to move in? It doesn't include the entire um, timeline for the, the buildings to get fully housed or fully um, leased up. It does include the time it takes for us to close the property and um, a couple months thereafter to finish a transaction needed for the purchase of those properties. But the um, full lease up period, I think, is extended beyond the term of this contract. As okay. contract, it focuses primarily on the transaction of the purchase. Okay. Do you um, have an expected date by which um, the public can expect these units to be available for occupancy? Yes. Um, we are currently in the process of procuring um, an operator for both of the sites. I think it is. One of the sites, it is October 1st, 2024, and then either July or August for the other site of 2024 to start housing. You said 24, do you mean 25? So we're gonna start housing folks um, in 2024, and then that leasing up period is probably going to extend um, Pass the term of this contract. I see. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Crawley, we're ready for uh, the motion. All right. Thank you, Madam Chair. I'll uh, move item 46100 2323. If you're on the telephone, press star three, please. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Hey, we have public comment in the room. Good afternoon again, commissioners. Naj Daniels, SEIU 1021. I just have a comment for this. I, I want the department to be very vigilant when you are purchasing these properties about looking to meet with the union to talk about how the operational language is around these units. I'm not sure if you are all aware, but I do represent the members here and they have been belabored with safety concerns because some of the clients that we're housing are coming into these places with weapons and we don't have language right now currently in our leasing contracts or in our contracts with the property management companies to protect the workers that we put in these home in these buildings so that's just my comment thank you thank you for your comment okay 
So we've concluded public comment. Uh, Commissioner Sorol, call vote on the pending motion. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salveson. Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved 46100-2223. The last full contract is 4913714 1415. Um, who is here from public health? Hi, good afternoon, commissioners. This is Rihanna Albert, the PSC coordinator for DPH. And I'm also here with our chief nursing officers, uh, Jillian Otway from Zuckerberg, San Francisco General, and Terry D'Antoni from Laguna Honda Hospital. Okay, thank you. Uh, Ms. Daniels. Commissioners, I was speaking on behalf of my coworker who actually represents this turf while he stepped out to take a call. So Mr. Tom Vital will actually be the one who will be speaking for SEI oh, very on good. this Thank contract. You. Please come up. Good afternoon. How y'all doing? Very good. Thank you. All right. The reason why we're asking for the pulling of this contract, I don't know if you have specific questions Excuse that you'd me. like for us to answer. Say your name. Oh, Claude Joseph with SCIU Local 10 to 1. Yes, um, we, we received an email as of October 10th um, to meet and confer over the contracts. And October 11th, we responded in asking for meet and confer. As of today, we never got a response to actually meet and confer over the contract. So we have a number of questions that we would like to ask. And over a number of issues that we have with the, over the contracts, this is the reason why we are asking for it to be pulled. Now, when my colleague Naj Daniel came up here, um, one thing that she forgot to mention is that within our meet and confer request, we had a list of uh, PSC contracts that we would like to demand um, um, negotiations over, and one of them being 43506, which we never also had an opportunity to speak over. So we would also act. Uh, like to ask that for that contract to be pulled until the union had an opportunity to meet and co confer over the contract. Okay. Um, so, uh, 43506. Um, was approved as a part of the ratification agenda. We were not aware that um, you had uh, interest in having that one pulled. So it's important to let us know in advance of the commission taking action. Uh, what we will do is move to the department now and better understand why the meet and confer as per your indication has not occurred, and then um, maybe the department can um, initially provide some clarification for us before we ask you to, uh, you know, address the specific questions. Thank you. Okay, uh, DPH, there's an indication of a request on the part of SEIU for a meeting that, um, and that no meeting has, has occurred. At least that's what the commission is being told. 
So we did, sorry, this is Rihanna Albert, PSC coordinator for DPH. We did meet with the union on uh, December 6th, 2023 to discuss the PSC. Is there more specificity about what was discussed and who attended the meeting? Um, so there is a memo uh, dated January 8th. It should be part of the packet. Um, you'll see there's a timeline of communications with the union. Um, De December 6th, we met with them, uh, with Thomas Vitali and Joseph Duncan uh, to discuss the PSC. Um, and then the union requested data on the nurse registry. Um, and there were several follow-ups. December 19th, December 20th, uh, up until January 3rd. Excuse me, I'm looking for the notes I have. Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, department, before we, anything further you want to say at this point? I don't have anything further. Okay. All right. Um, so we've got more public comment in the room, sir. Yes. Yes, please. President Minor, Thomas Vitale for SEIU. Mm -hmm. um, we we have had uh, a meetings regarding this, but they haven't concluded. We haven't come to a conclusion, or uh, nor have we uh, withdrawn our our meet and confer or appeal on this contract. So we're we're still waiting for additional uh, conversations with DPH on this contract. That's all. Okay. Um, and until then, we would we're we're requesting that it be uh, held in abeyance. Mm -hmm. Can you be more specific about the pending issues? Um, well, we, we asked for some additional information, which uh, was provided and we were, we were in the middle of, uh, as I recall, um, setting up and scheduling additional, or at least one more additional meeting to discuss and, and, uh, um, make our, our, uh, get answers to our requests as well as. Uh, make any further that further um, questions with regards to the data that they would provide, and that's where we're at right now. We're still waiting, waiting for that information, waiting for responses, and we may make additional uh, requests after we get those responses. Okay, thank you. All right, thank we, you. Thank you, and we may come back and have more questions, but we have another public comment. Good afternoon, Joseph Duncan, registered nurse. 
So on October 13th, 2013, there was a grievance filed regarding the use of this PSE, the previous version. The previous version, which has been, I don't know else to say, rubber stamped or carbon copy to this current one, other than the dollar amount, it says it's for use for the staff nurses at San Francisco General and Laguna Honda. Since then, this has crept into the community, specifically jail health services, which does not fall under San Francisco General or Laguna Honda. It falls under the central division. There was no meet and confer about this ever. We grieved it since October. Nobody from DPH will give an official response to this grievance. And it's one of the holdups. How are we supposed to trust DPH is going to use this new modification when they aren't even answering questions from the previous one? Okay. Any questions? Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, so, DPH, uh, you've heard several comments. Do you want to address and including um, if you would comment on uh, what your uh, timeline is and if there uh, is a reason you feel like you must push forward um, with the pending SEIU request for information meet and confer, grievance pending, pending. Uh, so we are continuing to meet um, with the union. Uh, Terrier, Jillian, do you have any comments? We, we are continuing to meet with the union to respond to their questions. Um, at this time though, we, we want to stress the urgency of the need to use registry to um, staff the hospital and Laguna Honda, as well as um, jails and ambulatory care. Um, registry has allowed us to bridge the gap, uh, the staffing gap that's created sometimes from vacancies and or unplanned leaves of absences. And it also allows us to meet the regulatory requirements um, and stay within ratios when we provide care. And so I think I just wanted to bring that forth so that the commissioners understand um, the need for us to um, move this contract through if at all possible. Obviously being respectful of SEIU and um, their questions and, and wanting more information, which we plan to do. Okay. Uh, remind us when the current contract expires. I don't have that in front of me. I'm not sure. Uh, the last modification was um, until July 30th of 2025. I would like to just add to it, um, Julian Otway just said is that in order to continue using registry, we won't, if we didn't have the staff. Sorry, speaking. This is Terry Dentoni. Oh, okay. From the Department of Public Health. Yes. Um, in addition to what Ms. Otway said, um, we also need to continue the services that we provide. And if we don't have 
the staff to do that at a given time due to the reasons Jillian brought up, we would have we wouldn't be able to perform the services that the city needs. Okay. Um Commissioner Crawley, did you did you have a question? I thought I saw your name. Uh, no, no, I, I pulled it off. I want to hear the conversation. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Um, Vice President Favetti, you want comments or you want to hear the rest of the public comment first? Oh, we should hear the public Okay. Oh, no, yeah. Okay, so we will uh, continue with the public comment. You may come to the podium, please. Hi there, my name is Megan Green. I am a nurse at San Francisco General. I've been there since 2013, and I can tell you we've had staffing problems since 2013. So while you guys were sitting there talking about numbers, I just was pulling some up that we get in our labor monitoring that's provided to us by administration. Um, and I can get those uh, Excel spreadsheets for you if you'd like them. Um, so from in October of 2022, they have down that the number of registry was 81, which converted to FTE 58.08. Fast forward a year later, the number of registry we have is 113, which translates to FTE 86.73. Our number of vacancies went from 109.2 in October of 2022 to 100.66 in October of 2023. I don't know, it, that looks worse to me. Um, I mean, I, I'm just a nurse, but also a 23% betterment in the hiring process still leads us from going from 255 days to 196.35, six and a half months. Joe had someone in the jail get offered a job in October of last year they didn't tell him when he was gonna start. He wasn't sure. He went over to CPMC. They gave him a higher date in three days and a $20,000 sign-on bonus. Last Friday, one of the union people told me that it projected salary savings for nursing for our last contract was $760 million, 356,000 hours of overtime. So while I go to work and they're not getting breaks and they're getting assaulted frequently at work, and people are quitting. I mean, this is, it's just not acceptable. I mean, I think there's, there's one set of what's going on that's here that's really nice and pretty, and then there's the real life. When I walk through the ER, there's patients lined up all over the hallways. There's no room to fit these patients. When the new hospital was opened, I was at the hospital in Kaiser, and the ED attending who was treating me said he didn't understand why they were building a smaller hospital. And when I was in nursing school 12 years ago, they talked about the silver tsunami, which is the baby boomers. The silver tsunami is coming. I don't know, this is just like years and years of just like, this is horribly mismanaged. I mean, $100 million for 10 months, how many staff could that get us? These are people who are living in our community and investing in, my community, in our community. Last year for Christmas, we had a traveler who was making the same amount as me and working two shifts in two weeks, whereas I was working six shifts in two weeks. And then she took her money, which was San Francisco money, and she took it back to her city and she reinvested it there. 
So I think there's a lot of back-end costs that we're forgetting about here. And, you know, we need to take care of our workforce and invest our money into our workforce and into our community and stop shipping it into other cities for states that don't have ratios. Thank you for your comment. Uh, next public commenter, please. Good afternoon, Commission. My name is Kristen Hardy. I am the Regional Vice President for SEIU 10 to 1. I'm also a rank and file member who works out at DPH at San Francisco General as a birth and death clerk. I work very closely with the nursing staff and I have experienced seeing losses of breaks. This contract amount is absurd. It's been going on since 2014. Um, what needs to be done with this money is to invest in work with the workforce, we have been working with DPH on trying to figure out some type of career ladder, whether we're getting people coming out of city college nursing programs, but we need to find a way to get permanent workers and stop contracting out our work. The city is not running on contractors, and you've heard from my nurse what happens with the contractors. Me, as being a birth and death clerk, I've worked with travelers and I've worked with my permanent status. We are not doing our patients or our community any justice or service by bringing in contractors that have no type of investment in the community. They come in, they do their job. Our patients aren't getting the treatment that they can get. As us working for a public sector worker, I mean, our patient base is not the same as Kaiser and UC, the private industries. We have a very critical and a different type of patient base. And when we bring in contractors, we are not doing our patients and our community members the justice by bringing in outside services that don't give them the care and the in the healing that they actually need. So we have we are trying to work with DPH and trying to formulate some type of plan or accelerated hiring in which we did do a couple of hiring events with DPH where we had hiring fairs actually at our union hall trying to get nurses in. So I would totally encourage the commission to encourage DPH to find another alternative or work with the union and us coming together to find some type of way. But this contract amount is ridiculous. And this is the reason why we were asking for it to be tabled until we can come up with something better. And with everything else going on in the deficit, this is just absurd. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for your comment. Uh, Elizabeth, are there any callers? President Minor, yes, we do have a caller with their hand raised. Okay. So I'm going to yeah. unmute the person now. Okay. Caller, please state your name. Uh, spell and state your name for the record. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Heather Bollinger. I am the current uh, chapter president for the nurses at San Francisco General Hospital. I appreciate you taking the time to hear our concerns regarding this yet again lengthy extension and huge amount of funds for registry nurses. One of the things that is concerning for us is that we have multiple requests into the city trying to determine the number of applicants that they have for permanent class positions and we have not been able to get a satisfactory even that question. On top of that, we hear regularly from nurses who have requested a permanent class position within DPH and instead been awarded an as-needed or temporary exempt position. So there is definitely some aspect of this that feels like it's not on it in terms of 
of what is going on with getting permanent class nurses on the floor. And I would just like to encourage the commission to consider that registry nurses receive two to three days of orientation in our hospital. And I'm sure that you don't believe that someone with two or three days of orientation could do your job as well as you do. So it's disingenuous for the Department of Public Health to try to get you to believe that a nurse from another state with two days of orientation can simply replace us with our skills and our knowledge and provide the level of care that we can provide. This has gone on for far too long. And at some point we have to decide if this is an that has been created so that these band-aids can continue to be placed over the top of it. Or if we have some deeper issue that needs to be solved. But we cannot just continue to throw more money at contracted staff. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your public comment. Any additional public comment before we turn to comments and questions from the commissioners? Okay, uh, commissioners. Uh, Commissioner Salveson. Yeah, I have a question, question for DPH. So the current um, contract before the modification you've said expires July, 2025. So, and the modification you're requesting would, ex would add uh, two years and 13 weeks to that. Um, I'm wondering whether there's any prejudice that you could identify uh, for us to um, put over this contract, uh, at least for a little while, for you to have the further conversations with SAIU that they are looking for. Uh, Terry or Jillian. You know, I, I think that um, giving us an extension again would allow us to be able to meet with SEIU and to answer their questions. And I think it's important that the commissioners know that our goal is to reduce registry. Um, and we have been working very closely with HR on the hiring improvements um, to fill our vacancies, which will allow us to do that. Uh, I don't know that there is any hospital in this country that does not have a registry contract um, in the event of, um, you know, again, unplanned staffing um, outages and the need to fill those gaps and, and meet ratios uh, and provide safe care. Okay. Um. Thank you for responding to Commissioner Salveson's question. Uh, Commissioner Salveson, any additional follow-up? Uh, I guess my other question would be, um, you know, what would be uh, a fair amount of time to bring the contract back to give uh, the parties time to um, have the exchange that they need to have?
Uh, so DPH, how much additional time do you need to confer with SEIU? Um, I think we've heard that there are several pending information requests that the union has. I would say a month. This is Terry D'Antoni again from DPH. I also want to say that the reason um, for the mod modification is that we want to ensure that we can still provide the care while we meet with the union and confer because our our contracts are um, need the additional resources to support the hiring. And we want to continue to do that and meet with the union. Okay, so uh, you have more time on your current contract before the pending modification. Um, and there are dollars left in your current contract? No, they're not. President Miner. Uh, I'm, I'm just a second. Yeah, sure. I was waiting for an answer to my question from DPH. I don't believe that there is dollars. Is that correct, Rena? Okay. There are not. You've you've run out of dollars in your current contract. Uh, yes, that's correct. So that means that you have no money under this contract to pay for uh, traveling nurses. Uh, that's correct. It's not correct. Um, and this contract is just coming now to us. This got, so it got delayed due to the on, ongoing discussions with the union. Um, it was submitted uh, back in um, October, 2023. Okay, uh, Commissioner Crawley has a question or comment, and then we have a follow up public comment. Madam Chair, I have several questions, but I'll try okay. to keep short. Uh, October 23, how many meetings, meet and confer, did you have with the unions from then until now? We met with them on December 6th. So knowing this, knowing that the budget was imperiled and still imperiled, you want us to pass this because you're out of money and you have not met your consideration of due process with the, uh, with the uh, uh, union. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Sorry, I, I just want to clarify on the memo that we submitted on January 8th. Um, we had a timeline of all our communications with the union um, we, when we initially no, we met with them. And then all of the follow-up that we had. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, Madam Chair, uh, okay, through the union, you heard them cite one month. Is that acceptable enough time to get this done? I, I want to I want to make a comment first, uh, Commissioner Crowley. Um, I'm not putting I'm not placing blame on on either party. Unfortunately, this came at a at a, you know the wrong time. You're talking about a, a lot of the uh, holidays um, that that came into play, um, and and long spans of time before we could could meet because of the presence of certain people on either side needing to be in those those meetings. So I'm not placing blame on either side. I find it hard to believe that they've run out of money. Um, I, I need to make that comment. But we're willing and will avail ourselves immediately to, to have these uh, further conversations and further negotiations uh, re regarding th this contract. Um, we're willing to meet this week if, if, if they have the time, we will avail ourselves and make it convenient for them to meet over this con uh, this con this contract. So I think we can we can we can make the time. We will make the time. So I don't think there's an issue there. Thank you. Thank thank you. Um. I'm not going to say anything that you are not all already feeling the frustration with this whole contract situation. Um, SCIU 1021 is one of the unions Please that have- Please identify yourself. Uh, I'm sorry, Thank Claude you. Joseph with SCIU Local 1021. Um, the department is now asking for $100 million more and extending this contract to 2027. Now, the $169 million or $70 million was supposed to last until um, 25, we're still at the beginning of 24. This is frustrating. Um, being in a position in SEIU, I see these contracts come through my desks regularly in tens of millions of dollars. Um, we did a research and we find out more than $6.3 billion of the city's budget is going into contracts. And yet the city is complaining that you know, there's a shortfall, there's the budget is in the red and, and so on and so forth. I just want to say that when we're having staffing issues and we're having services that are not being delivered uh, properly into the city, we have a hosp hospital, San Francisco General, which is one of the only hospital where if you're experiencing trauma, they could take you to that are short in nurse staffing and all other st staffing and, and ER and OR, and this is how the fundings are being used. Now, we have a lot of people outside of this city that's looking into San Francisco and asking the questions, what's going on? Um, I'm not sure if it's understood what your task is and your responsibility is. I'm not sure um, what kind of investigations can be ran into these contracts, but something needs to happen and needs to happen now. When we have hundreds of millions of dollars that are unaccounted for or cannot be, questions cannot be answered in regard to this money, something needs to happen. I just needed to express that frustration. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, Vice President Favetti. 
Uh, I'm just again reviewing the materials with regard to the meetings with the union. Um, and it appears that there have been a number of meetings, true, but it didn't sound like there was any kind of resolution. So there was a meeting on, on December 6th. Um, there is information was provided on December 19th and 20th. Um, they needed a request for follow up questions. The union responded they wanted monthly data. Okay, on January 3rd, we've got the monthly data being provided to the union and the union requested additional information on all contracts. But there's a couple things that I note here. It sounds like the, the discussions are not complete, that there's an, it's still a need. On the other hand, I understand very, very well having to have had done nursing staffing on both sides, both from providing the um, registry nurses to the city and at the same time doing staffing at San Francisco General myself, and particularly in the um, critical care units, although many years ago. But um, so I know how critical these contracts are. What I am concerned about, though, is that they present the contract of the PSC scope of works that are being presented today. Although there is a slight notice that it's going to be covering the jails and um, that that the that it appears to me that the scope of work of the contract itself needs or this whole personal services contract needs to be re uh, updated um, a bit. And I am wondering if the possibility is that we conditionally approve this with the idea that we're going to have regular reports back on a quarterly basis or a monthly basis. I'm not sure what with regard to continuing discussions and resolution and with an idea that that perhaps the department start from scratch at the end of the duration of this particular approval in 2027. There's just some couple of ideas that I'm noting. Uh, on one side, yes, the, the, the need for the service is absolutely essential. On the other hand, you don't want to have uh, registry staff supplanting filling of vacancies for regular staff. And that's two things. Uh, the other is we need to make sure that the scope of this personal services contract accurately reflects what's happening and um, that we need to know that there's discussions that are continuing that resolution can be found. <coughs> Carol wants to speak. Carol. You have comments. Uh, Madam President, members of the commission, you also, uh, there's a item later in your agenda that's been put off till your meeting in March, in the first week of March, I believe, on uh, nurse hiring. I can work with the Department of um, uh, uh, the Public Health Department to include uh, more comp comprehensive information on the use of registry in that report, if that would be helpful to this commission uh, so that you can get a sense of the total picture from the department. Uh, thank you, Director Heisen. I think that that would be helpful. Um, so I think both sides, uh, both sides actually have agreed that um, one month additional time um, would enable them to continue to meet and discuss this contract. Obviously, a month is not enough time um, to rethink, uh, to come up with some strategic alternatives to what is happening now with the use of the registry. But I would, um, 
I, I do think giving a month and having both sides come back to update the commission on where we are. Um, DPH, um, although indicating that the contract is out of money, did uh, indicate that um, you could live with coming back in a month. That is correct, DPH? Correct. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Okay. Um, I, I think I would, um, would like to see further discussions and both both parties coming back with more information for the commission before a conditional approval. Um, commissioners, any additional comments, questions? Commissioner Salveson. I concur that we should put off the, con the uh, requested modification for a month. Um, I don't think I don't think extending it, extending the contract at this point in time um, is justified given the, the need for further meetings. I suppose that if the department came back with some showing about their need for money under the current term, uh, you know, that can be also taken up. Okay. Vice President Favetti. I would also like, even though in the next, uh, that we have regular reports back, um, even although it's going to be a month, if we possibly uh, uh, have the, the contract delayed a month, that even after that, that we have continued reports. There's going to be updates in the um, March report with the Human Resources Director, but this is not the first time this has been a, an issue that has come before the Commission. And it sounds like maybe this is something that we may want to be considering for regular updates. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, so we have um, before us a motion to continue this item for 9137 um, to our meeting. And it will be calendared separately, not as a part of the ratification agenda. Okay. And um, March 4th is the first meeting. March. March 4th. And then there's no meeting on the. Oh, March 4th is okay. That's right. Because there's no meeting on the 19th. Correct. I do have a question though. And that is, is the contract number 43506-2122. Is that also the same issue? Because I, I, I understood that from Mr. I believe it's Mr. Joseph, the union representative, that that was the same issue for both of the PSCs. We did have that contract um, as part of the contract that we wanted to ask more questions about. So never had an opportunity to meet and confer over that contract. Can you please? Uh, I'm sorry, Claude Joseph. Thank you. Okay. I, I do believe it was the same issue.
so what are you thinking, uh, Commissioner Favetti? That that contract actually uh, was pulled. Obviously, the commission can um, undo action that we've taken, if that is what you're recommending. I, I'm suggesting that if uh, I thought that I heard that those were the same issues on both contracts, and if it can be delayed a month for a report back, um, and then uh, we would decide at the next meeting. Uh, the 4th of March. To the chairman. Yes, uh, Commissioner Crawley. Is that a motion? Uh, well, are we ready for a motion? President Minor? Uh, President Minor, if, if I may just clarify that this is not a um, registered mm -hmm. contract. It's it's what kind of contract is it? It's for skilled nursing beds and subacute beds. But it's it's nursing services, isn't it? Um, it's nursing care services. Yeah. Okay. And I, it was the union that brought that one up too. So I'm um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, commissioners, we have we have before us um, a motion to continue um, four nine one three seven to a meeting of March fourth. Is that correct? And um, the discussion is about. Um, Four three five zero six that we approved as a part of the ratification agenda. So I think that that would require um, a separate vote. Um, and our city attorney is going to help us. Thank you, Madam Chair. As I understand it, the issue is that when you had the composite vote uh, approving all those, there was one which you're now considering that you'd like to segregate out. Uh, the process you would need to go through is to have a motion to rescind the earlier action. And then if you voted to rescind the earlier action at that point, uh, you could have a motion to take that one out and then re-vote on the, all the ones that, um, you know, you had voted on before that were just a matter of a consent item. So from a process standpoint, since you've already taken uh, that action, you would have to have a vote to rescind that action, make a decision then whether you want to take that one contract out, and then re-vote again on the remaining ones that were the consent ones. Madam Chair? Commissioner uh, Crawley. Uh, since I was the maker of the motion, mm -hmm. uh, and it appears that that's the direction we're heading, I will rescind that that motion on that item that I that we all voted on so that we could have bring some clarity to the the final motion to vote on if that makes sense. Okay. Yes, it does. But you, but you have to vote on that. It yes. can't just be. No, that. I understand. Mm -hmm. And then there's a second. Yes, I'm waiting for it. Is there a second? Oh, uh, was that a motion? I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll second it. 
Okay, so we have before us a motion to to rescind the vote on the ratification agenda. The purpose of that motion being to uh, reconsider the vote on four three five zero six twenty one twenty two. Uh, if you have public comment on the pending motion, if you're in the room, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay, no public comment in the room. We will now take the roll the roll roll call vote on the motion to rescind approval of the ratification agenda. Uh, Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salveson. No. And I vote aye. Three to one. Okay. Um, the uh, the motion carries. Um, we will now uh, revote on. We we now need a motion to approve the ratification agenda minus uh, the pulled contracts. Um, I would move to approve the uh, ratification agenda minus four three five zero six twenty one twenty two, and we had not included four nine one three seven. 1415. Yeah, we have voted. Just that just removing 4350621.22. Is there a second? Second. We have a motion to uh, approve the ratification agenda -4350. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, press star three. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay. Uh, commissioners, the roll, roll call vote to approve the ratification agenda. Um, Madam Chair. City Attorney, you have a comment before. Madam Chair, just to be clear that really the only change this is affecting is taking that one contract off. That's correct. Uh, the other ones you already took off and you've That's already correct. voted on those. So that not, that is not being changed by this. That's correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, Vice President Favetti. Aye. Uh, Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salveson. And I vote aye. We have uh, approved the ratification agenda minus... Four three five zero six. Okay. Um, so the next action that is needed is um, uh, Vice President Favetti. Are you recommending that four three five zero six also come back right. at the meeting on March fourth? Exactly. Okay. So you want to formulate that motion? Okay, so I'd move to. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If, I'm sorry. Can I make a, yes. Before we do that, can we get a comment from the department with respect to this specific contract about whether a delay of a month uh, would be prejudicial? Thank you, Commissioner Salveson. We should. DPH, did you hear the question? Um, good afternoon. 
Commissioner, this is Kelly Hiramoto. I'm a special projects manager with the Department of Public Health. Um, this is a continuing contract um, that was initially solicited in 2022. These are for skilled nursing overflow beds and subacute uh, skilled nursing um, facility beds. Um, they're currently uh, in use uh, to support uh, SFGH discharges for skilled nursing facilities um, due to the ongoing closure of Laguna Honda Hospital. Um, so there is no outlet for these um, patients to go. Uh, otherwise, they'll be waiting at, at um, SFGH until a skilled nursing bed becomes available. So that's going to be the challenge by holding over. Um, this is a contract um, that got a little bit caught up because um, it actually expired in um, end of November. And because of the way that the dates fell for the CSC, we, we, were, we would have ordinarily gone in early um, January, but because we were uh, only one special meeting this month, we're now sitting at um, having this heard it uh, today. So it's it's a bit of a challenge because the contractor is providing the service. There are patients uh, in these skilled nursing beds currently. Uh, and so we're asking a, a provider to go without um, reimbursement for the length of time it will take for this to be reviewed. I think it's just a little bit different because although there are nurses that are staffing at the skilled nursing facility, um, it is... Um, we actually are purchasing a bed. We're not actually purchasing service, and it is they manage the overflow of these patients that have nowhere else to go otherwise. Okay. Um, so, so you're saying the contract is actually already expired? Uh, yes, the contract ended uh, in November of 2023. And it's uh, it's been executed. It's waiting for the PSC to, to support it to finalize. Uh, Vice President Commissioner uh -huh. Salveson, were you finished? Okay, Vice President Favetti. I'm a bit confused because your initial approval shows that it's approved up until 2026. Yes, but we needed to add um, some additional funding to match the contract. So even though we still have money in the PSC, it doesn't align with the term of the contract. So the contract renewal takes us to 2024. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I got yeah. it. Um, but and so you're saying that the contract has gone without being paid for the past since November. That is correct. Um. So, commissioners, um, with the additional information, what action would you like to take? And have you had any discussions with the unions on this? Because I don't see the same. The, the union didn't object to it when we posted uh, an issue. We did not receive an objection at the time during the notification period. Yeah. Perhaps, let's see, we have our. Yeah, leave it. Not with the kids, so the kids leave. Okay. 
So you want to make a motion? Okay, so I hate to be reversing this all again, yeah. but I think we're going to have to do this again. Mm -hmm. This is a very different circumstance, and I apologize that I should have asked that question before. I, but what I had heard was the fact that the employee organizations had the same concerns. However, when we look at the documentation, what we find is that there's not the same documentation that was presented before. So, um, okay, so. You just and want to there clarify. There was no objection yeah. when it was posted. So there was no objection when it was posted. So there's a, a quite a, a little bit of a different circumstance here. Uh, what I, as I said, so the question then, because we have Mr. Joseph before us, is why didn't you say anything then? And it was for initially posted 60 days ago. Um, Claude Joseph here. The practice in how we request for meeting confers um, sometimes goes along the line. We, we ask for meeting confer and we have a list of items that we would like to discuss within the meeting confers. In October 11th, when we requested to meet and confer, um, over the previous item, as I stated earlier, this was one of the items that we intended to discuss with DPH. But was that included in your notice to the, the department? Unfortunately, it was not included. Okay. Um, but the list of items that we intended to discuss was, it was one of the list. On this one, I would go a conditional approval and say to have them report back. And that's what I would think would be the best thing to do. And then, so we have to reverse everything that we've done. So I'd like to make a motion. Oh, no, I don't. No, 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 no. we no, can no. do it as a standalone yeah. item. Yeah, we can do this standalone item now. So I would like to make a motion to conditionally approve this within a, with a, um, a report back in uh, three months, I think, uh, with regard to continuing discussions and results. Second. We have a motion and a second to approve 43506 uh, with a report back to the commission. It's a conditional approval with a report back to the commission in three months on the status of ongoing discussions with um, SEIU about its request to meet and confer. Um, is your second? There was a second, yes. Uh, any public comment on the motion? If you're in the room, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay. We will move forward with the roll call vote on the approval of 43506, uh, subject to a report back to the commission in three months. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salveson. Aye. And I vote aye. Uh, we have a conditionally approved 43506 with a report back to the commission uh, in three months. Um, before we move forward, I actually would like to make a comment. Um, we have spent quite a bit of time on uh, these contracts. It's really important for the unions to let us know in advance. Uh, if you have uh, issues about pending contracts on our ratification agenda so that we are prepared to take them up in an efficient manner 
And I think going forward, if we all agree to that, um, these meetings can operate much, much more efficiently. We appreciate your being here and we appreciate your work and your partnership. Okay. Uh, DPH, a lot uh, going on here for you and we look forward to seeing you in at our March 4th meeting and uh, with uh, a summary of your discussions with SEIU about 49137. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. I can't remember even, did we do everything? I, I, 49137. Did we take a vote? We didn't. We didn't do a vote on 49. Okay. Commissioners, uh, we need a, a motion and a second. I move that we um, continue PSC 49137 to the meeting of March 4th uh, so that discussions between the union and DPH can occur. Um, that's the motion. Second. Great. Motion and a second to continue 49137. Uh, your presiding officer got ahead of herself trying to move things along. So I appreciate the commissioners keeping us on the straight and narrow. If you have public comment, please come to the podium. If you're in the room, if you're on the telephone, press star three now. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay. Uh, commissioners, the roll call vote to continue 49137 to our meeting of March 4th. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salveson. And I vote aye. Thank you. Uh, SAU and DPH, thank you for being here. And we will see you at our meeting on March 4th. We are ready for the consent agenda. We are now on the consent agenda. All matters on the consent agenda considered by the Civil Service Commission will be acted upon by a single vote of the commission. There will be no separate discussion on these items unless a request is made, in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent agenda and considered as a separate item. I will read both items. Item 8, review of progress report for personal services contract number. 43672-1819 from the Municipal Transportation Agency. Recommendation, adopt the report. Item 9, review of progress report for personal services contract number 45971-1920 from the Municipal Transportation Agency. Recommendation, adopt the report. Okay. Uh, commissioners, uh, any uh, questions or need for individual discussion of agenda items eight or nine on the consent agenda? If not, we'll take a motion and a second to approve the consent agenda. I move we approve the consent agenda. Second. We have a motion and a second to approve the consent agenda, which is items eight and nine. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, please press star three. President Moner, no public comment at this time. Thank, <laughs> thank you. The roll call vote to approve the consent agenda, agenda items eight and nine. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salveson. Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved the consent agenda. We are now ready for the next agenda item. We are on the regular agenda, item 10, review of request for approval of proposed personal services contract number 
49234-2324 from the Department of Public Health, omit posting, recommendation, adopt the report, approve the request for proposed personal services contracts, notify the Office of the Controller and the Office of Contract Administration. I thank you. And who is with us from DPH? Hello, commissioners. This is Brianna Albert, PSC coordinator for DPH. Thank you. Uh, do you want to introduce this item and uh, explain to us why it's here and the omit posting? So I, this is for um, uh, security services at the Comprehensive Crisis Center. Um, uh, this is a mental health clinic um, that serves adults and children um, that are having an acute mental health crisis. Um, and we requested omit posting um, uh, because uh, effective January 1st, the state requires that the Comprehensive Crisis Center maintain on-site overnight shifts. Um, and that area has a lot of um, reported criminal activity um, in the parking lot. And so um, they need um, an on-site um, security guard for the safety of the um, staff as well as the clients there. Okay, thank you. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? If not, we'll take a motion and a second to uh, approve. I move four nine two three four. I move we adopt the report, approve the request for proposed personal services contracts, notify the office of the controller and the office of contract administration. Thank you. Uh, any, if there's public comment on the motion, was there a second? Thank you. Well, if there is public comment on the motion, you may come to the podium if you're in the room. If you're on the telephone, press star three, please. President Minor, no public comment at this time. And no public comment in the room. The roll call vote to approve 49234 2324. Uh, Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salveson. Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved 49234. Thank you. We're ready for the next agenda item. Item 11, review of request for approval of personal services contract number 48385-2324 from the Department of Public Health. Recommendation of the Human Resources Director, adopt the report, approve the request for a proposed personal services contract, notify the Office of the Controller and the Office of Contract Administration. Great, thank you. Uh, DPH? Hello, Commissioners. Rihanna Albert again, PSC coordinator for DPH. Do you want to just say a, a few words about uh, the contract, please? So this contract was originally heard at the December 4th CSC meeting. Um, we um, have had ongoing conversations with the union about this. Um, and um, this is for sorry, this is for security services at our public health clinics. Um, and um, we uh, are continuing to um, uh, speak with the union about this. Uh, we also have uh, Basil Price, our director of security here, if you have any additional questions. Okay. Um, 
commissioners, any questions or comments? Um, uh, SEIU, any additional comments about this particular PS, PSC, PCS, PSC? Good afternoon, commissioners, Naj Daniels. I just wanna say, um, express my gratitude for, again, allowing us the opportunity to meet about this contract. We had really good conversations, myself and Basil Price. I'm not really sure that you're all out of the woods yet because I know that the DSA has probably made some comments that they may wanna talk about. But as far as with SEIU, we are under the understanding that there is a separate PSC, which is uh, numbered 48385, which is the Patient Ambassador Pilot Program where DPH is looking to uh, bring this work back in-house. So they are actually working with DHR to develop a new classification, and that is really exciting. So we're thankful for allowing us to talk, and that's our comment. Great. Thank you. Any additional public comment? President Weiner, no public comment at this time. Okay, thank you. We are ready for the roll call vote to approve 4838. We don't have a motion. Can I make a motion? You can make a motion. Thank you. I move we adopt the report, approve the request for proposed personal services contract, notify the Office of the Controller and the Office of Contract Administration. Thank you. Second. Thank you. We have a motion. And a second to approve 48385. Now I get to take public comment. If you have public comment on this motion, uh, if you're in the room, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Thank you. The roll call vote commissioners to approve 48385, Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salveson. Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved 48385. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioners. Okay. We are now on item 12. Mm -hmm. Proposed changes to Civil Service Commission Rules 213 Certification of Eligibles Police Department and 313 Certification of Eligibles Fire Department Secondary Criteria to create efficiencies and reduce time to hire. Recommendation, accept the report and post proposed amended rules. Okay. President Minor, members of the commission, uh, Thank you for hearing this item today. Um, I'm going to call on Assistant Director of Employment Services, Dave Johnson, to present these proposed rule changes to you. They would affect um, your um, volumes two and three for police and fire. Um, we do believe that these changes will be uh, supported by both labor organizations that they would affect and certainly by the administration of both the police and fire departments. Uh, Mr. Johnson is going to um, provide a summary of the staff report that is in your packet and uh, appreciate in advance your consideration. If you um, do decide to uh, uh, adopt these rule changes, we would put them out for meet and confer and our employee relations division would support this commission in that activity. 
Thank you. Thank you. Assistant Director Johnson. Good afternoon, commissioners. I'm Assistant Director Dave Johnson, Employment Services. Uh, first, I want to thank Director Eisen. This, this particular routine thing has been gnawing at me for better part of 15 years, and I appreciate her support in finally bringing this to the commission to uh, create these efficiencies. The one thing is you probably know in the rules that every time we posted a job announcement for police or fire, we had to come before this commission with the same secondary criteria again and again and again, said we should be able to fix this. So there was a little bit of confusion about um, 213.3.2 and 213.3.3. Mm-hmm. You will notice those sections, they were actually pulled from 213.4. Most of that was deleted. They didn't make sense of standalone. So we pulled those up into 213.3. All right, and so again, as Director Eisen said, what we're doing is we're taking the criteria that have been used for years, putting them in the rules saying this is what the appointing authority will use. If they decide to make a change, which they haven't done for about 20 years, then we will come before the commission to get approval for that change. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Thank you, Assistant Director Johnson. Uh, Commissioners, Commissioner Savison. I just wanna say that this is a brilliant idea and that um, I think it's a great, you know, it's a little time saving and every little bit helps. So uh, congratulations to you for pushing on for 15 years to get it done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think it, it has been many times we, we've, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Go ahead, go, go. Yeah. go defer, I'll, I'll defer to the vice president. No, 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 I'm not, <laughs> no, no, go, go, go. <laughs> uh, Director Johnson, this has been, I, I know there's a meet and confer with uh, volume two and three with the fire and places. Have you had uh, discussions at this point yet or with these, with respect to these changes? Uh, we have informal discussions and we actually had this poised um, a couple of years ago and went to the both unions and had written approval from them. Um, the management has since changed and now we're reviewing that. We have had informal discussions, POA has said yes. And local 798, we have yet to hear from them, but we recognize once these rules are posted, then we go through the formal process of ERD meeting with them and making sure we're all on the same page. Well, thank you. I want to thank you for doing this. And I know Carol wants to take credit for all your work here. (laughs) Uh, But with that being said, uh, you know, I hope you don't have another 15 year sentence. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Vice President Favetti. Yeah, initially I was thinking, there's there's one uh, area that I always find I, number one. Thank you because I, I think I've brought this up several times too about the fact that you know we and I understand why particularly with the fire department rules why we did we have the reports uh, published as they are. This is a much better idea, and but I don't think we you know it'll work now. I think I don't know if it would have worked in, then. But the other thing I, I have uh, we had some um, uh, I, I I recall. Primarily um, in the very, very important action to establish the rules and with the termination of the consent decree. And there was always some questions about the authority of the, the master versus what, what the police chief could have. That was at that time a real big issue. Uh, to me, it's almost redundant to have these in here, um, but I noticed it's also in the fire department rules, the fire rules of 313. 
um, but it has a slightly different wording, and I don't know if you want to adopt that or you know, not just uh, what it says there, instead of the police chief or designee, what it says here is, is the appointing officer shall develop secondary criteria to guide the selection process and that um, selection of, of an eligible within the grouping shall be made under the authority and direction of the appointing officer. And then that nicely ties into our definition, and then it ties into the administrative code, and it ties into the charter. So it's a nice, smooth kind of, um, but, you know, maybe I'm counting angels on a pin. Um, that's the only thing I would say, is I would like to, if it was either remove it because it's redundant or change the police chief designee to appointing officer and have it consistent with the fire department rules. Um, your observation are 100% accurate. You may recall that the police rules were um, negotiated first. Oh, yeah. And from that, fire rules were able to, what, be a little more refined? Exactly. And more on point? Oh, yes, and we had a process. So we were, just, yeah. just for historical trivia, in case you ever played Trivial Pursuit on <laughs> civil service history, <clears throat> what happened with the fire department is that the termination, the consent decree had been terminated and the rules had not been adopted yet. And so we had an, a cons uh, and, and that was in, uh, well, we started that process after the police department. With the police department, we had uh, in September of 1998, I came out in March, but we had with, uh, it was Julie Gonzalez and Terry Brady who were the examiner had presented a set of rules that were approved by the commission and they were not at all in the same order as the rules that we have now. I mean, it was a complete different, but it was really, it was refined for the police department and, and, and with the POA's input, it was Chris Cunney at the time, um, who was the leader. Uh, and then it was, it was presented to the judge in a ceremony where the consent decree was officially uh, terminated and the commission had approved the rules the day before. It was a real, it was a very, and then from there we had to change the, um, it, it was a, it was very, for many of us, it was a very moving, a very moving day um, in, in, in so many ways because of uh, just so much history within San Francisco and other ways. But um, then with the fire department, Mr. Johnson participated in a, 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 did we take six months to just hammer out the prior fire department rules in detail uh, and then had another um, set of meet and confer when we posted it after the termination of the consent decree. And we negotiated for two years on the basic core and the final rules weren't approved until seven years later. And that was on the certification when it went up to the Supreme Court and that was the whole, the state Supreme Court. And it was, the, the question was answered. But I know trivia, boring everybody else, but it was very exciting at the time. <laughs> anyway, I would just suggest, unless the fire, unless the police department really has um, a real feeling of uh, that they want to have the police chief or designee, um, I, I would want to have the input from them. But I would be saying that this would be, with that little caveat, that um, that it be adopted, that they may know that they would be posted for adoption, perhaps at the next meeting. I guess, it, or was it that? Okay, to clarify, you I replace posted. police chief with appointing authority. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. 
unless the police chief really has a feeling uh, that they need to have it still. And that would make it very consistent. It would make it totally consistent with the fire department rules. Okay. And then all the other rules and then has a nice trail all the way through to the definitions. Administrative code and charter. Mm -hmm. That's not true t today. Now the rules. They parallel each other now. Well, right now it says that the appointing officer in the fire rules, but oh. in the police rules, it's very specific. It's a police chief or designee. And that was part of the discussion that happened when we were uh, terminating from the consent decree and whether what the power of the police chief had. Are you recommending that we make a change to the proposal that's in front of you or are you just providing context for us? I, in a sense, what, what I'm saying is that if, if you leaving it police chief or designee is fine, unless I would prefer having it be appointing officer. So it's nice. It's consistent all the way through. Um, but if the police department has some objections to that, that's fine with keep it as the police department. I, I like the concept of the designee, though, that often helps. I, this is then when you want to fire, you want to change the fire department rules in uh, it's, it's up to Mr. Johnson, how he wants to handle this, but I hear your point. Thank you. Yeah. Mr. Johnson. I think what we'll probably end up doing is if we, if we can get them both in the room is, is change fire rules to say the appointing officer or designee. Ah, that'd and be nice. Change the police to say the appointing officer or designee. Okay. Sounds perfect. So uh, with that amendment, I would move to. Unless there's other comments for other commissioners. And totally bored with the history lesson. That's acceptable. Second that. Okay, so we have a motion and a second uh, to accept the accept the report and post the proposed rules with the 1 change to. Pointing officer or designee. Um, we will now take public comment if you are in in the room and you have public comment on the motion. You may come to the podium now if you're on the telephone, press star 3. And director Johnson, thank you very much. For your work and your presentation today. No public comment. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay. We will take a roll call vote to um, accept the report and post the proposed amended rules as per the amendment today. Um, Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Salvasan. And I vote aye. Uh, we have. Approve the motion. Thank you very much. And uh, Vice President Vivetti, the historical context is always fascinating. Thank you. All right. Um, I've just passed received a note that we actually have to be out of the room by four. So we will move things along. Um, uh, Madam President, yeah. um, I'm going to be taking my leave. Uh, Anna Biaspis is going to take my place. Okay. Uh, just say that maybe we can have a next history lesson on the carve outs. Oh, <laughs> Commissioner Favetti knows a lot about that subject. <laughs> Spent my good portion of my life on them. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Director Eisen, for being here. Uh, Executive Officer, why don't you call the, the next two items? 
Um, items uh, 13, follow-up report on registered nurse hiring from the Department of Public Health that has been postponed to the meeting of March 4th, 2024. Item 14, appeal by Christopher Dugan of the denial to accept his late application for the H-30 captain examination. At the request of the appellant, this has also been postponed to the meeting of March 4th, 2024. We are now on item 15, appeal by Eric Dubon of the Examination Administration for 0933 Manager 5 Behavioral Health Services Director of Substance Use Disorder System of Care. This is PBT 0933136559. Recommendation from the Department of Human Resources adopt the report and deny the appeal by Eric Dubon. Okay. Hey. Uh, thank you. Is the appellant here? Yes. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, and uh, the department is here. Um, tell us who's here from the department, please. Hi, good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Catherine Chafee. That's spelled C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, C-H-A-F-E-Y, and I'm a senior human resources analyst for the Department of Public Health. Would you like to see my, have the names of my other colleagues with me today? Uh, yes, please. Yes, uh, also with me are, uh, oh, go ahead. Good afternoon, Commissioner Scott Wolf, Merit Division Manager at Department of Public Health. Heather Johnson, Merit Division Supervisor at Department of Public Health. Okay, uh, thank you for being here. So we will proceed with the department first, and then we will hear from the appellant. And then we will have questions from the commissioners. Uh, appellant, you can have a seat until the department um, completes its presentation. We're ready to proceed. Thank you, commissioners. Um, again, my name is Catherine Chafee. I will be providing a brief presentation on Mr. Eric Dubon's appeal. Uh, let me start by providing you a recruitment background of the appeal. Department of Public Health posted the job ad for the job class 0933 Manager 5 Behavioral Health Services Director of Substance Use Disorder System of Care from June 16, 2023 to July 25, 2023. This job ad included information about the two examinations used for the selection process, which were the Management Test Battery, or MTB for short, and a supplemental questionnaire. The ad stated candidates must pass the MTB to move forward to the supplemental questionnaire. And if a candidate does not pass the MTB, retesting for the MTB can only be done one year after the attempt. Appellant Eric Dubon submitted his application on June 20th, 2023 and met the minimum qualifications and was subsequently invited on August 16 to take the MTB scheduled on August 29. Mr. Dubon did not show up for the test, the MTB exam, on August 29. Mr. Dubon requested a makeup exam and agreed to take it on September 6. In his appeal, Mr. Dubon is claiming the 0933 exam process was unfair based on the notice period to take the exam and potential bias in the city's processes. On September 12, 2023, Mr. Dubon emailed me that he did not pass the MTB, the MTB exam 
after an exam proctor informed him of such and mentioned that he can possibly retake the exam. I emailed Mr. Dubon back on the same day, confirming the retesting policy being one year from the September 6th MTB exam that he had initially taken. I also called Mr. Dubon by phone on that same day to explain the retesting policy further and referred him to the job ad for the MTB exam retesting information as it was included on the job ad. Mr. Dubon was provided consistent and fair administration of the MTB. In fact, Mr. Dubon, who was aware of the makeup exam date, was provided the opportunity to take the makeup exam as requested without formal documentation as to why he was unable to attend the original date. Given the short notice, we also offered Mr. Dubon to reschedule his makeup exam to a future date if he so preferred. With these actions, we believe Mr. Dubon was given exceptional consideration for participating in the MTB exam. I'd like to move forward also in his second appeal titled an EEO complaint. Mr. Dubon again alleges bias in the city's processes. DHR's Equal Employment Opportunity EEO Director reviewed the content and concluded that Mr. Dubon does not allege that he was discriminated against due to a protected category or activity. We responded in detail to the issues raised by Mr. Dubon in his second appeal. So at this point, I would be happy to answer any questions about that, as well as any questions about our response to his initial appeal. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, commissioners, any questions at this point? Otherwise, we will move to the appellate. Appellant Dubon, we're ready to hear from you. Good afternoon. My name is Eric Dubon, E-R-I-K-D-U-B-O-N. Uh, thank you, commissioners, for the opportunity to present to you my request to appeal the examination process for the management battery test, MBT test. Um, I worked for the city for the last 23 years. I started working with the AIDS office with the HIV prevention uh, in the year 2000. Uh, my current job is the substance use disorder project manager at the Behavioral Health Services, uh, DPH, 1380 Howard, uh, as a manager one. Uh, this position, the manager five position, uh, became uh, open one uh, in December of 22. The previous um, doctor, she retired. Uh, she was holding the director's position. That position was break into two admin position and the uh, clinical position. So all the administrative duties were assigned to me by my supervisor without the proper um, compensation. So then uh, we work on the restructure of the department, the section, the, uh, and then we open the position, uh, we draft the job description, we open the position, and to be honest, uh, a lot of these comments that were made earlier is the first time they hear those uh, dates and communications. Uh, and, and part of my, my appeal to HR was I never received those emails from HR 
with the notification of the uh, date of the test. Uh, she mentioned a 29. Uh, you know, I never received those emails. Even uh, during my um, application process, this position got extended twice. So it was supposed to close earlier than July 25th, but it got extended twice because the lack of applicants. I never received those emails from HR saying that the position is being extended and reopened. Uh, I found through my supervisor who was giving me updates in uh, management meetings or one-on-one uh, -on -one supervision meetings. So um, I just want to mention that. And then uh, in one of the meetings that we have on September 5th, that's when he made the announcement that the exam was on the next day. September 6th, I said, well, I never received a notice that the exam is. So that's after the meeting about 10 o'clock a.m., I email and I call HR. I talked to three different people, Mrs. Uh, Negal, uh, Mrs. Santander, and Catherine Schaefer. And so the three of them, they were give, giving me different information. So then I learned from those conversations that each one of them has different responsibilities and different duties. For example, on August 16, I received a phone call and email uh, from Mrs. Negal and a survey monkey asking me to complete the minimum qualifications. So therefore, for me, there is three or four different ways that HR is communicating. Survey monkey, smart recruiters, email, personal email, and then Catherine asked, can you send your uh, work email? Because it seems like the emails, they, they were not coming to me from my personal email. Sure enough, finally, in the afternoon on September 5th, 1 p.m. or so, I was able to confirm the date of the exam. The exam was next day, September 6th, 8.30 a.m. at the Cesar Chavez Center for the um, Testing. So. That is giving me less than 24 hours to prepare for the exam. So during my conversations, and you can see in the emails that you have copies before you, I asked, can you please send me a copy of the original email, the first one that you claim that you sent to me, and what is the policy to take this uh, exam, and how many days in advance uh, an applicant they need to get. As of today, I haven't received any of those things. It was requested by me, requested by my supervisor, requested by EEO, and I haven't seen the emails or the policy. Uh, so, and then, um, so that's with the, uh, this 0933 position. You know, my experience with HR is being difficult, I would say, but they have different ways of making recruitments and open positions, closed positions. On the year uh, 2022, I applied for another 0923 position, management two position. So in that year, HR worked with the director's management, upper management at 1380 Howard to do an um, hiring process, which is extravaganza. I never heard that term. So they were doing the extravaganza hiring. So what is that extravaganza hiring? It is 
they are giving the managers, the hiring managers, the flexibility to match skills versus job description, and then you get the job. So that's not an equal employment opportunity because they don't say that on the application. So when I apply, of course, I never receive any emails. I never receive any communications. So we or I find out that another coworker got the position over me with less experience in, in that position. So, so they have different processes. So it's, it is hard to keep track and they have different processes, different people involved in any application. For instance, on the 909233, I dealt with four people at HR. One in my, it's like five people involved. I think there is more people involved in the process than the number of applicants for, for this particular position. I believe there is only like three people that we apply for the job. So, so this is my, my appeal. I want to appeal the process and I'm looking forward for the commission to revoke the um, decision uh, and allow me to continue with the process and allow the process to move forward because the process has been um, held by HR per se, because no one is getting the promotion. So the only feedback that I get from my supervisor is uh, we're still in the um, second phase, which is the supplementary questions. They are collecting the questions. I haven't received any emails. I haven't received anything. So that made me think the process has been in pause until probably after this hearing. And uh, if you allow me, I will like to continue moving with the process uh, to uh, submit my uh, questions. So in terms of the EEO, um, yes, I, there is an open uh, an investigation with the equal employment of opportunity. Uh, I haven't received anything that is being closed, that they didn't found anything. Uh, and one of the, uh, reasons that I work with the EEO is uh, I felt the process, there is no equal employment opportunity that uh, we advertise in all the job descriptions in the city because I didn't get the same treatment in two cases for the uh, application process. Then also because age discrimination during the extravaganza hiring process most people that got hired is younger and white. So if you see the demographics at 1380, most people are younger now, I would say less than 35 or less than 40, you know, and mostly white. So uh, is that age discrimination? And based on me, uh, by my race and background, I think that's also, we are uh, in management positions, maybe I can say maybe three, three or four Latinos. Hispanic in management positions. And um, I have experienced now uh, retaliation in the workplace. Yes, still an open investigation. I haven't received anything uh, at all. So thank you for the consideration and the opportunity to give me to present my case. Um, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for being here. Uh, commissioners, questions, comments? Uh, Commissioner Salveson. Oh, um, Appellate Dubon, I have a question, some questions for you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. 
Um, you indicated that you didn't receive um, an email inviting you to the test on August 29. But there is, in, in the materials that we received, there is um, the, an email of that nature dated August 16th um, to you advising you that you were qualified to um, pursue the position and, and setting the test. I, and there was also um, some indication uh, in the materials submitted by the department that the email that they had for you, um, which they used for this particular email, uh, was an email to which they had sent other notices and that they did receive a response to you from you to those other notices to those same email. So I just wanted to get your response to that. Yeah. So on August 16, that was my first interaction that I had with HR. And I, you know, I, I even I say this to Catherine, you know, I think Joyce Nigal, she did uh, something that I probably will do in my work. She sent the email. She followed up with a phone call and say, hey, I just sent you an email on a on eight sixteen. But that's the email to um, click on the survey monkey to pass the minimum qualifications. So that's another way of communication that I was referring to. They are using SurveyMonkey, they are using smart recruiters, email, but that email, that was the first email that I received from HR. Before age 16, I didn't receive anything. And then I went to see smart recruiters and there were like no emails. I think there is an email because the smart recruiters is like a tracking sheet that they use and people put the input there. But that's where she put that, she sent the email to me. I asked, can you send the email or resend the email to my personal email? Because that was the way that we were communicating and that's the email that we never received. And we still, or <laughs> we make a joke in my office. That's the ghost email that, you know, that we, they, they say they send it, but they don't have it. So, but because we, I ask, my supervisor ask, we all ask, but they don't have it. Can you, if they can prove that they sent to my personal email the invitation, you know, I won't be here because it was my mistake. I'm willing to take responsibility if I make the error. And I believe we are humans. We, we make errors. Just to give you another example, to get the invitation to this meeting, it didn't come to my my personal email. My personal email was wrong. I have to email back and say, hey, by the way, my personal email is wrong on your invitation. So, yeah, so that's so. But I, I mean, they did submit an email dated August 16th, which does set the test. I, it, it, that's, that's the smart recruiters communication. Uh, okay. That's, that's not the email that will come to my personal email, Eric R. Dubon. Yeah, that's through the smart recruiters where they send and they, you know, it, it, yeah. Okay. So let me, 
I heard, I've heard from you, so let me now ask the department Great, thank you. to respond to the points that you've made about this email. Hi again, commissioners. Um, regarding the email, um, I mean, the proof that we have, as you mentioned, um, Commissioner Savison, is the um, email communication from the smart recruiter system. Um, I also want to um, point out um, that on the job announcement for this position and every job announcement that we have for permanent civil service, it is actually indicated on the job announcement, um, if I may read this. Um, this is what, um, this is a paragraph from the actual job announcement posted online before candidates apply. Our email communications may come from more than one department, so please make sure your email is set to accept messages from all of us at this link. Applicants may be contacted by email about this recruitment. Therefore, it is their responsibility to contact the analyst if they update their email address. Um, with me being the analyst assigned to this position, uh, my email address is at the very top of the job announcement right below the job title being announced. So that is one of my responses uh, to that. Okay, so so the attachment G that you submitted isn't the actual email, it's, it's a, a message that was in Smart Recruiters, is that what you're saying? That is proof that the email was in fact sent. Oh, it is. And I would like to also um, reiterate in uh, my previous uh, presentation that um, we normally would ask candidates for documentation as proof that they did not in fact receive the email in their personal email address. We waive this for Mr. Dubon. That's why I call this an exceptional um, processing for Mr. Dubon when we um, allowed him to um, take the make exam on September 6th without that documentation. And it was Mr. Dubon who presented to us the information that he is somehow aware that September 6th was the makeup exam. And this was something that was between just the hiring manager and myself as the analyst as well as DHR, who was scheduling said exam. So um, with that September 6th, um, I would also like to reiterate, um, if you want to refer to attachments L and M on your packet, in regards to the opportunity we provided to Mr. Dubon, um, in regards to possibly taking the makeup exam at a later date instead of September 6th, you will see that email communication where I specifically asked Mr. Dubon with the DHR um, exam, uh, excuse me, DHR analyst contact who's scheduling the MTB exam copied on that email. I specifically asked Mr. Dubon, I hope September 6th, um, the following morning still works for you. Otherwise, uh, please let us know um, because we could reschedule to a later date. It might be a different day. Um, and if you look at the next attachment after that, attachment M, Mr. Dubon specifically stated there, um, excuse me, that he specifically stated there 
I quote, the time works for me. I will be taking the test tomorrow. This is the makeup exam that I mentioned is an exceptional process that we even made for him. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, commissioners, questions, Commissioner Crawley. Uh, Appellate Dubon, would you take the rostrum, please? Do you have anything to refute? Um, you know, I, I would like to um, add to Catherine's comment. Yes, they give me, she said that on her email to postpone the exam, but like she quoted now the what well, say on the job description that smart recruiters communication will come through these different ways. There is also a section there where say if you don't take the exam on the date of the exam, you will not be able to take the exam again. So, you know, it, it, it was a catch 22 if I say yes or no. And then also uh, my supervisor told me to take the exam on that day. So, you know, it's a catch 22. So I've been told to take the exam uh, if whatever say on the job description, if I don't take it, I won't be able to uh, take the exam again uh, or if I miss the date. Um, so yeah, I felt cornered to say, yes, I will take the exam. Like I say, I'm taking responsibility. I did send the email. I said, yes, I will take the exam, but Again, this is not an equal employment opportunity that was given to me by the department. So, Madam Chair, I guess my question would be, at that point in time, you felt you were in a double jeopardy, or why didn't you pick up the phone and dial the analyst and ask? I, I already spoke with her during the, I've been, talking to her all morning since 10 to probably one o'clock with Catherine, uh, uh, Mrs. Santander and uh, Mrs. Negal. So I've been talking because uh, they do different things, each one. So I have to, it, each one were giving me different information at different time and date, so. No further questions, Madam Chair. Thank you. Welcome. Um, for the department, I'm generally familiar with the uh, management uh, battery, the management test battery. Is this a test that you, um, that professionally you expect people to prepare for, study for, take practice tests for? Uh, the initial correspondence um, gave people roughly 12, 13 days from the time they were notified to when the test was being delivered. In in your practice, do you notify people, you know, 24 hours in advance? In this case, obviously it was less than that, um, to be prepared to take this test and expect people to do reasonably well. Um may oh. I Yes. May I intervene? Please. Um, on behalf of Director, Director. B. Aspis. <laughs> um, so the management test battery has been existing for a while. 
on our website, it does give um, candidates um, um, books that they may want to read or not. Mm -hmm. um, with regard to how long we give candidates, um, what we focus on is consistency of what we communicate to candidates. Mm -hmm. We normally, we don't have a policy in writing where we say it has to be 10 days or seven days. It's really a combination of the hiring need of the department the test being administered, but um, I would say the management test battery is um, the passing rate is really high. Mm -hmm. uh, we did some research there, so yes, we would we believe that amount of time is reasonable. We've given shorter, I believe, to certain candidates, um, but the MTB is now. I'm sorry, optional. when you when you say the time is reasonable, you're talking about the time frame that we give candidates uh, from the exam notice to the day of the test. But in this particular case, in this particular case. Um, my understanding is the department noticed everybody on the exact same date mm -hmm. for a test on a particular date in September. Mm -hmm. What happens is um, on a, what what um, the analyst was explaining earlier is normally if you cannot provide why you didn't show up for the test, like there was an emergency or there was conflict, we normally do, will not um, uh, give a makeup exam. Mm -hmm. It's you're just considered a no show. In this personal, in this situation, I personally think, based on our standard procedure, um, the appellant was given um, an exception, as the analyst said, by being allowed to be scheduled. Mm -hmm. And so he was given an opportunity to be scheduled when on a normal basis, we would not do it. Mm -hmm. Our exam practice is just to ensure that there are consistency across the board. So mm -hmm. if anybody else were to have experienced the situation in this recruitment, they would be of given the same opportunity. He, um, the, the appellant was the only one that um, claim to have not received the invitation. Mm -hmm. I hope that answers your it question. Does. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Commissioners, I just wanted to follow with that. I'm um, oh, sorry, Scott DeWolf, uh, Merit Division Manager. Just wanted to follow with that. The job ad or job announcement for this did state the exam components. Um, and there are some resources posted on DHR's website with the um, uh, reading list that. Uh, uh, Director Biaspas was referring to, uh, so that's just to add that as well. Thank you. You have comments. Please come to the podium. Thank you. Andrea Palouse, senior labor relations representative for the municipal executives association. I represent Eric. And in summation, I would just like to reiterate his request that uh, from our understanding, the position is still open. We believe that it is because of the appeal process was going through its process. And to reiterate his request is that it restart with the, um, the summary of questions that were requested from each of the candidates. I would also like to reiterate that there were many, many more people involved than the actual number of people who applied for the position. And I think that is a point to be taken as well. Thank you. Let me just 
uh, I need to make sure I understand his request. Is he requesting to retake the management test battery? No, the request that I'm making is to allow me to continue with the process and allow the um, process to move forward because the position is built on pause due to the appeal. So if you um, allow me to continue, I can probably, it's, it's, it's up to you to retake the test and give me a timely manner, not less than 24 hours. Thank you for the resources that they have available. But in 24 hours or less than 24 hours, no one can read all those books that they were signing on the job description. And also, I know the test. They have waived the test when they did the hiring extravaganza in 2022. They waived the test. They waived tests, interviews, supplementary questionnaires. They waived everything. They match job description with skills. So if we, um, if you allow me to continue with the process uh, to submit my supplementary questions or uh, take the test again uh, in a timely manner. So that's, you know. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Crawley. So, Appellant Bon. Thank you. Oh, you've taken this test. I took the test for my pre, uh, my current position, which is the 0922. They gave me three weeks in advance. No problem. Pass the test. I took the test for this position that I am applying, 0933, less than 24 hours. I failed the test by 4.8 points, you know. It, it, so it, it's not a big, you know, it was 4.8 uh, points. Okay, thank you. thank you. So to the department, one more question, Madam Chair, and I know we have to get out of here. Um, quickly, when is the next, uh, this exam being administered again? Uh, because this is a position-based test for a manager, it doesn't really come up on rotation. However, that said, Behavioral Health Services has a lot of manager positions open that we're still continuing to work through. So short answer is uh, there would be other opportunities for manager jobs throughout DPH, almost guaranteed. Okay. Whether or not at this level, I'm not sure. Um, but the file indicates that he has to wait a year. To retake the management test battery, that's correct. So even if other positions came up, he would still have to wait a year. If that particular exam component was used again, okay. correct. All right, no further questions from me, Madam Chair. Uh, Director Biaspas, I, th I think you were starting to say that this test is being waived. So it's, it's before it was required for all 09 positions. Mm -hmm. Now, due to our um, choosing different methods of trying to expedite hiring, um, we allow departments to use it um, as an option. If they do not choose to use it, they have to create their own exam that has some leadership questions. So because the MTB and STB um, is normally a three-hour test, um, but together we allow departments to substitute that test with um, other Types of tests that might maybe maybe quicker while DHR works on 
something to replace it with. Okay. Okay. Uh, commissioners, we've been notified that we actually have the room until five. That's good. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Commissioner Salveson. Um, I just want to say that I, I, I went through all the materials um, and I disagree with the appellant's characterization of the um, opportunity to take the September 6 test as a as a catch 22 because the the statement about um, the need to take it was a specific little paragraph that related to um, test takers that were not at the city it was a remote testing so it didn't didn't apply to the test he was taking um, and I do I do think that um, the department did go out of its way to allow him to take the test to even offer him the opportunity to ask for a different date. Um, so I, I'm hard put to find any fault with what the department did here. That's my view. I don't know if you're ready for a motion. Um, motion. I mean, do you have any comments before no, I Commissioner Savison makes a motion? You're going to be making the motion. Um, I can understand how it be the process is sometimes confusing. However, um, I agree with Commissioner Salveson's analysis here. Uh, that was my initial conclusion after reading all the materials. Okay, uh, Commissioner Salveson, it looks like we're ready for a motion. Okay, um, thank you everyone for your presentations. Uh, it helped to illuminate the situation, um, but I do believe that we should adopt the report and deny the appeal by Eric Dubon. I'll second that. Okay. We have a motion and a second to adopt the report, thereby denying the appeal. Uh, if you have public comment on that motion, if you're in the room, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now. Andrea Palouse, I would ask the commissioners to please reconsider for Mr. Dubon to take the exam within less than one year. I feel that given the circumstances, the one year time limit to retake the test uh, would prohibit him from being able to further his career with behavioral services. Thank you. Uh, any additional public comment, uh, Elizabeth? President Minor, no public comment at this time. Okay, Vice President Favetti, before we take the roll call vote. I just had a question is, what is the reason behind, no, I should, maybe I should have asked this before, but I didn't think, it seems to me that it's, it's been pretty standard that we have a year waiting period, but is there any reason why that couldn't be raised, waived? Well, number one, it's, I hate to say this, but it is part of the terms of the announcement. Mm -hmm. But uh, two, we have been consistent across the board with all our exams for test security um, reasons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to make an exception when, you know, 
um, practically all of our exams have the same, you know, even our continuous testing. Um, you take the exam, you cannot retake it for one year, whether you pass or you fail. Mm -hmm. And, but you can, we, ha we allow candidates who do pass to um, keep their score for three years in case they don't want to just keep coming back to a test. And that has been consistent uh, across the board. For how many years? Oh, wow. Um, since John Krauss Sr. was here, he was the one that established it. Let's see. I, so that's at least, uh, at least a decade. At least a decade, yes. Thank you. Okay, any follow-up, uh, Vice President Favetti? Okay, um, with no public comment, we're ready for the roll call vote on the motion, which is to accept the report, thereby denying the appeal. Uh, Vice President Favetti? Aye. Commissioner Carley? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Salveson? And I vote aye. We have voted to accept the report, thereby uh, denying the appeal. Um, appellate Dubon, we appreciate your being here, appreciate MEA being here to support you, and uh, the department, thank you for your presentation. Thank you, commissioners. Executive officer, we're ready for the next agenda item. Item 16, commissioner's announcements for requests. Vice President Favetti. Oh, yes. I just wanted to have us uh, just review or uh, place on the calendar at a future meeting, whether it's in March or April. Uh, with regard to the review of the personal services contract policy um, and specifically related to uh, the reports that are follow-up reports for contracts that are greater than five years and how we can possibly address that issue. And I, um, because the human resources director has indicated that she will follow up on some of the other issues that were presented at this meeting earlier with regard to implementation um, I will defer that that request at this point, but I may not forget. Uh, that's that was humor, or what do you call it? Comic relief. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case, executive officer, commissioners. Um, I also want to take responsibility that that was not communicated clearly to our commissioners. Because um, Department of Technology, uh, DHR, OCA, they have uh, they have learned to include me in the meetings, and it has been very intense for Department of Technology learning and understanding the policies, and because they are working with a contractor in developing this program. Um, if you recall, we heard this PSC policy draft uh, much earlier, I think it was in the summer, but because of changes, uh, DT has learned to halt the writing of programs. They did as much as they could, but they realized they needed the final decision from the commission before they continue building this program. So it has been so detailed and when, um, the government ops team prepared that memo to all the 
uh, contract managers, PSC coordinators, it was to emphasize to them because we could not produce the service now, the new PSC program immediately because they had to wait for the commission's final decision. And I have to say that the amount of questions that uh, the technology people have asked of me is incredible. I mean, it's a, how do you say it gives you a whole front respect of what they do because they had to learn what the MLU says, they had to learn what the policy says, they had to learn what was our practice, what were things we can expedite. And I, I just want to make sure it's clear that um, they also realized that once the policy was approved, there still had to be testing stages in this program, like we did with smart recruiters, like we did with job apps, even when PeopleSoft, when we started that, there always had to be testing stages. And I, I just want to make sure, I want to give the Office of Contract Administration and DHR, I'm referring to Suzanne Choi and Mike Carter and um, Tarane from uh, OCA, they have been, really incredible and trying to move this as fast as possible. And I realize I should have been more clear with the commission to let them know that not everything was implemented at exactly at the date of the policy was approved by the commission. So I just want to let you know, I take responsibility for that. Vice President Favetti. There's no need. I appreciate your comments. My comments were based on the fact that there is a policy that's that, that there, there is a way to work around things. I understand well that technology may not catch up with policy, but there's the city employees are very creative and they know how to do it. So I, 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 I think that the commission's role is to, and in, in, in approving that policy, was to make things streamlined and to reduce the amount of bureaucracy. And so to have that bureaucracy and that effort completely not and not happen when in the past it always has been able to happen. So I'm are we it, it just found so that is not is not and and I understand the work that goes through. I do appreciate all of that. My comments were mostly because it's you don't want to add bureaucracy to departments when it doesn't need to happen and to have important it's very important for people to think about the workaround they should just not have to do that and if we had to pull them and then we had the discussion and that would have been even longer but um i appreciate the work that everybody's putting in there's nothing about that as far as 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 my 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 concern serious concern my serious concern is that in the, we are not going to be able to implement a policy, then our action needs to reflect the fact that we can't do it. And technology, um, there are lots of delays in technology. Um, and then and then even with a, um, well, just I'll, I'll leave it at that, but I do appreciate, appreciate you, I appreciate the Department of Human Resources, the OCA, I appreciate technology, but this was a simple thing and we should be able to work around it. We're all creative. All of us, we've got a blank tablet in front of us, a blank canvas, and we can do it. We can. <laughs> yes. Cheer, cheer us on. Yes, we can. We can. Yes, we can. <laughs> Thank you, Vice President Vivetti. 
Any additional uh, commissioner announcements or comments? <laughs> okay, ready for the last agenda item. I am 17 adjournment. It is now 4.12 p.m. Thank you. <laughs> and we will see everyone in less than a week, right? Yeah. Monday. Monday. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's Monday. <laughs>